0: Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy of now 30 years let me know that the brain can and does heal but i didn't know that much about autism what i did know is that i didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs i wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally and fast forward it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily, their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods And feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's, of course, a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there, and welcome back. Today's episode is something that is really important for children with autism, especially. And I'm going to even be linking to multiple studies in the show notes, which will be at Naturally forward slash 176. This is on the dangers of inflammation in autism. It's something that's not really discussed outright very often, but it is a big cause of many of the symptoms our children experience and how and why we can naturally help them recover from many of these symptoms. So, first of all, inflammation is a crucial process for our health, but when it comes to chronic to becoming chronic, it can lead to a host of health problems. Recent studies, again, which I'll link to, have suggested that inflammation may play a role in the development of autism. A study published in the Journal of Neuroinflammation found that children with autism had higher levels of inflammatory markers in their blood than typically developing children. Another study published in the Journal of Autism and Developmental Disorders found that children with autism had higher levels of inflammatory cytokines in their brains than typically developing children. The cytokines, which we'll talk, to, talk about, cytokines, cytokines, you'll hear both, are the protein markers that uh, that, that help that tell our body to release inflammation. So how is inflammation related to autism? Inflammation is a natural response by the immune system to protect the body from harmful stimuli, such as pathogens or toxins. We've talked about that a lot in my episodes. However, when inflammation becomes chronic, it can lead to tissue damage and a variety of health problems, including autoimmune disorders, heart disease, and even neurological disorders like autism. Recent research has suggested that inflammation may contribute to the development of autism by disrupting healthy brain development during critical periods of growth in utero or in early childhood. Inflammation can also exacerbate the symptoms associated with autism, such as irritability and social withdrawal. And some of these causes, again, are environmental toxins, even including electromagnetic field pollution. But all of the environmental toxins like heavy metals and other things in our environment, co-infections, we've talked about these a lot. They can be things like parasites, lime, mold, and then also different pathogens. We've got parasites and candida, but also poor diet is is a, a big cause of inflammation as well. And a child can actually get inflammation in utero as a fetus because if the mother has a lot of stress, it increases inflammation in her body, which then is transferred to the baby. Inflammation is a crucial process, again, but we have found that these children with higher levels of of inflammatory markers, they typically, then typically developing children, it's really, really stated within autism. So what we see are things like uh, uh, other studies showing that children with autism having higher levels of antibodies against their own brain tissue. So what happens is this is an autoimmune issue. The immune system may be attacking healthy brain cells. And we've talked about PANS before, Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Syndrome. PANS is an acronym for this. And it's something where you might, it, it, what it is, is it's basically the immune system attacking the brain. So it's exactly what we're talking about. And inflammation can trigger it. And in episodes that I've done in the past, we talk about how PANS can be triggered by mold and lime, some of these co-infections that we need to work with. Remember, it's never just one thing in autism. It's multiple things that cause all of these. It's the underlying root causes we need to work with to work with, again, the symptoms. And so the body is just doing what it's supposed to do, putting out inflammatory markers to help fight the infection in the body. But parents, again, with with autoimmune issues and PANS, you might notice symptoms like a sudden onset of obsessive compulsive disorder or tics, increased tics. They can be motor tics where your body jerks rapidly or even vocal tics where their their voice is is, uh, causing a sharp rise almost like a screeching sound additional symptoms can include separation anxiety a decline in school such as in their reading and math abilities simplified language baby talk bedwetting and increased urination aggression and anxiety with stress pans predisposes one of the symptoms of autism or predisposes one to the symptoms of autism autism being a co-diagnosis again Instead of a fever, their brain will be affected, and that's the psychology of something if they have something like PANS. PANS affects the immune system, which common is commonly weak in those with autism. They so they have a much higher percentage of getting this. And again, the immune system needs to be regulated in autism, not boosted, because if we boost it while we're trying to do a detoxification process or trying to support the immune system and you know we think oh well my child's immune system is weak so we're told oh we should boost it well you have to be very careful if you do that because autoimmune issues are very very common in children with autism and if we boost it it can go into overdrive which then causes these issues i'm talking about causing more inflammation and increased symptoms, we need to modulate or regulate the immune system in autism. And if you have PANS and this this autoimmune issue begins, it needs to be regulated right away. And another further uh, immune response that causes other issues is something called mast cell activation syndrome. And close to 100% of children with autism have histamine intolerance which also causes mast cell activation. This is kind of a thing where histamine issues cause mast cell activation, and in histamines are released by the digestive tract in the brain in defense to an allergic reaction. And then the in- enzyme called DAO helps the body break down excess histamines, but commonly this enzyme is defective in children with autism. So in histamine intolerance, the body is overproducing histamines, and there are too many for the body to break down, The stress-type response is a trigger for mast cell activation, which then creates a strong inflammatory response in the body. Now, these findings suggest that abnormalities in the immune system may contribute to inflammation and other symptoms seen in individuals with autism. Researchers look at ways of doing this with drugs. We don't need harmful drugs with negative side effects when we have natural solutions. Researchers at the UC Davis Medical Mind Institute have found that children with autism spectrum disorders have reduced immune system regulation, as well as shifts in their gut microbiota. You've heard me talk in other episodes about how the gut controls the brain and how we need to balance the gut and strengthen the gut to strengthen the foundation and overall health as we or before we move forward with detoxification. This is when I see it. parents are given a handful of drugs at a practitioner's office or somebody gives them to it and they're not told how to take these one at a time. You're not told what to, what symptoms to look for. You, we don't know if those, those products are actually good for your child and it's too much, too fast. We have to do this slowly and safely. Some children with ASD have this decrease in regulatory cytokines, the proteins that regulate inflammation, which leaves them more prone to inflammation. This increased inflammation may manifest again as GI symptoms, allergies, asthma, and some other forms. The ASD GI children also had lower levels of the protein TGF beta 1, which is responsible for regulating the immune response. Again, we need to regulate the immune system in autism, not boost it. In addition, the group had higher levels of the protein zonulin, which regulates cell junctions in the GI tract, influencing gut permeability. We've talked about leaky gut. There can actually be holes that are created in the digestive tract that allow undigested proteins to get into the bloodstream causing more inflammatory markers to be put out by the immune system and also more allergies for your child. We never again want to boost the immune system or we go into this hyper immune response response which can be something like PAMS. So one researcher in this study noted that children with ASD had increased inflammation and are often those who exhibit the most severe behaviors the immune activation is not helping these these children she says it might not be causing them we don't know that yet but it's certainly making things worse the ASD GI children also had lower levels again of this TGF beta 1 which is responsible for again regulating that immune response and the The findings on TGF beta 1 may be the most intriguing, she says, because the protein was deregulated in both ASD groups, suggesting that children who don't experience GI symptoms may also still be suffering from other inflammatory conditions. The findings on TGF beta 1, she says, may be the most intriguing. The protein was deregulated in both ASD groups, suggesting that the children who don't experience GI symptoms may be suffering from other inflammatory conditions, as we we noted. And I'd like to make a side note here that TGF-beta-1 is also dysregulated with the mold biotoxin illness, which is extremely common in children with autism. And we've talked about mold, and Lyme and parasites, and other things that are dysregulated dysregulating the gut and causing continued continued inflammation. Even if you're still doing a really good uh, diet and you've got some some, good protocols going on, these co-infections, if they're not worked with properly, uh, including parasites and all of these things disrupt the gut, but they also are very, very hard to detect in testing. So you might get tests done for them and it comes up negative when your child could still be positive. In this case, you think, well, they don't need to be treated and they don't get worked with, but you don't want to treat them with drugs and other things that, because many of them are uh, antibiotic resistant. And so those things aren't going to help. And in the long run, they're actually going to hurt and make your child worse. So I'll link to um, this study by uh, done with UC Davis as well. But I just wanted you to know um, about inflammation being a main driver. And here's another interesting study. Inflammation may be the main driver of autism, found scientists who studied the brains of eight children on the spectrum. Researchers compared the brains of eight children with developmental disorders and eight children without it. They found the parts of the autistic children's brains that are crucial to working memory and attention, Areas that are impaired in people who have autism had unusually high levels of of a molecule known to trigger inflammation. Results showed that the brains of children with ASD had increased numbers of a protein called interleukin-18, also referred to as IL-18. A new study led by Tufts University School of Medicine in Boston, Massachusetts has found that the high numbers of this inflammatory protein are found in the brains of children with autism spectrum disorders. This particularly occurred in the amygdala, the part of the brain that is responsible for detecting fear and the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, which is involved in cognitive skills that include working memory, attention, and evaluating rewards. IL-18 is known to bring about serious inflammatory responses which which suggest it may play a role in some inflammatory diseases, particularly of the skin and psoriasis as well. And the study goes on to say how they feel anti-inflammatory drugs that target inflammation may be helpful. But I always have to wonder why they would think only targeting the inflammation, but not the actual cause of it, would take care of the actual problem, because it wouldn't. It would only be a temporary fix masking the actual problem. Long-term results come from fighting the inflammation with natural resources while detoxifying the toxins and alleviating the pathogens and co-infections that are causing it. We must work with the underlying root causes of the inflammation. And again, this can be done naturally and safely without drugs that often have very negative side effects. Another study showed that children with autism often have higher levels of inflammation than typically developing children. Studies increasingly indicate a strong inflammatory state associated with ASD. This inflammatory condition is often linked to immune system dysfunction. Enhanced inflammatory activity in ASD children has been demonstrated through pro-inflammatory biomarkers analysis. Children with autism often have chronic inflammation, and this is not only a problem in the digestive system, but also in the brain. Inflammation impairs brain cells, and it can also kill them. If the brain cells are weakened, they're even less capable of fending off toxins or excreting them once they have entered the cell. And this is very important for you to know as a parent of child with autism. Inflammation also damages the blood-brain barrier. This is the brain's protective shield against toxins. And without it, the brain is vulnerable to much damage, whether it's from undigested food particles in the bloodstream, from that leaky gut I mentioned, or environmental toxins such as heavy metals or pesticides or household chemicals or anything else. The more common disorders caused by inflammation are things like anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder, but many more can exist. One more critical factor is inflammation's ability to alter neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are the brain's messengers. They affect things like mood, sleep, and appetite. Particularly vulnerable to inflammation is the neurotransmitter dopamine. When there is a deficiency in dopamine, it causes fatigue, lack of focus, moodiness, and problems with fine motor coordination. The most common places to look for inflammation are in the gut and in the mouth. You'll often notice a child with autism will have a lot of problems with their teeth, which is directly actually affected by their gut dysbiosis. Problems with teeth are a common indicator that the immune system is fighting an ongoing, on an ongoing basis, which can also lead to autoimmune disorders. The inflammation in the gut leads directly via the blood to inflammation and chronic disorders of inflammation in the brain. So what about testing for inflammation? Well, the Laboratory diagnostics offers a panel used with your child's stool that can give their inflammatory markers along with a lot of other valuable information. The test also checks for Ig antibodies or gluten allergies, parasites, fungus, and more. Most alternative practitioners use this, use this laboratory and these have these tests on hand, or they can order them at diagnostictex.com. However, many practitioners don't know about all the underlying issues with autism or how to work with them naturally and effectively. Testing is an expense. And that can be avoided because we already know children with autism have gut and pathogen issues. Therefore, they have inflammation. We don't really need a test to tell us this. Spending your funds on the resources that can help your child to get better are a far greater way for you to get actual results. So what do you do? When researching online, we see captions that say all you need to do is reduce inflammation. To reduce inflammation is to have your child eat more fruit, sleep better, which they likely aren't doing despite your good efforts. Maybe use some binders when there's so much more that's necessary to reduce inflammation. There are supplements that help with inflammation, and they're important, but equally important are the supplements and the correct diet to support strengthening the detoxification pathways and strengthening the overall foundation. It is never just one thing. Remember, the gut controls the brain, and it controls up to 80% of the immune system. So it's also a factor in why your child can be sick all the time. Each health issue regarding the underlying causes must be worked with thoroughly and properly, or you'll fall short of the results that you could be getting with your child regardless of your efforts. Again, if your child's not getting better, it's not your fault. It's just that it hasn't been a complete thorough process and it hasn't been the right one. It's imperative to work with these causes, again, not just symptoms. Causes such as toxins, including glyphosate and heavy metals, from pathogens such as candida and parasites, and then co-infections such as mold, biotoxins, Lyme disease, and autoimmune issues such as PANs. These continually affect the gut and keep it from getting healthy. This means the brain too, since the gut directly affects the brain. You may be doing a lot of great work for your child with their diet, which is very, very important and is part of stage one, you know, my four stage process. We start with strengthening the foundation and and really stabilizing the systems and the detox pathways. And as we change the diet, we are are starting the detoxification process. There are more things to know about though with these underlying root causes and they all need to be worked with. I also commonly find that even well-meaning parents that have done some research and think that their child's on the right diet don't realize the negative impact of many of the foods their child is still eating. So be sure your child's diet is free of the inflammatory foods which I have laid out for you in my free food guide. So please get it now and begin eliminating the top most inflammatory foods. And you can get the guide at autismcheatsheet.com and in the show notes, which I will give to you also at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 176. This is the first step to begin stabilizing and supports the foundation of health and immunity. Then we move on to the other three stages. An A to Z protocol for autism recovery is essential for the best results that you can get to help your child live to their full potential. And, and again, getting the optimum results so they can live a happier and healthier life. So thank you again so much for being here and for what you're doing for your child. And of course, my website, naturallyrecoveringautism.com will have more on my A to Z protocol for you if you're interested in learning more about that. Um, But of course, if I have an upcoming event, make sure that you join in with that because it is so important to know the A to Z and what you can do and to be fully educated. And this was my story as well. When my son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and good luck. There was nothing else we could really be doing for him, but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. And again, like you, I wanted to educate myself on what I could do to help him to live a better life, to be happier and to be healthier. And I'm grateful that I did the research and the work. And I put the time in because I know it can be very challenging today. My son though is no longer diagnosable with autism. And that's why I'm here to help you and to share the resources that I have found on my road to recovery with my own son and help you to find out whatever the best level of recovery can be for your child to again, help them live to their full potential. Thanks again for being here for what you're doing for your child. And I look forward to seeing you next time.